Hello, I'm Guillermina Gonzalez, Executive Director of the Delaware Arts Alliance, your host for today. And with me, we have the tremendous pleasure of having Alan Tuttle, fantastic mixed media. And, and you're a Renaissance uh, artist, Alan. I have to say that uh, I continue being impressed by your many talents. And I know you're going to be shy, not uh, probably saying anything about that. But let me stop right there and welcoming you to the show. Thank you for having me today. It's a real pleasure to be here. And uh, I, I have to share and, and confess that I had the tremendous pleasure of being at Alan's studio last week. And uh, I'm still amazed by the, the quality of the paintings and the a combination of textures, colors, and everything else. You probably need to take a look at the, the website because Alan, on top of everything, is an entrepreneur who understands the need of sharing those images and the stories that those images tell. So I'm going to stop right there, Alan, again, uh, welcoming again to the show and um, maybe asking the first question. Why are you an artist? Uh, I don't think that's really a choice. I think it's kind of <laughs> innate. A, it's, okay. It's something that is within me and wake up every morning that I want to create something. Um, whether it's painting or, mm -hmm. or some other project, I look at the creative side of it, and that's how I face my day. So is there something in particular that, that triggers your imagination? Is there something, I don't know, you tell me, what forces you to go in front of a canvas to sculpt something or do something else? I am inspired by everything around both visually and intellectually. So uh, I was, to give you an example, I was uh, taking the stems off maraschino cherries the other day, mm -hmm. and they landed in the sink, and I went to wash out the sink, and they landed in a pile in the strainer, and I was just kind of mesmerized by that. Mm -hmm. The simplest thing, but I was looking at how the light reflected on them, uh, light is often an inspiration, but I was also looking at what is the story. If someone just looked at that image, mm -hmm. um, what would they? What story would they create around it? Mm -hmm. um, so, my, my world inspires me. Uh, just walking down the street, I'm looking at how the light reflects off a car or water or an object. Mm -hmm. uh, there are countless ways to be inspired. So, creating in in your perspective is a need an outlet for something that comes from within? It is a need. Uh, I listen to the news, and I want to find a way to express my opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, often that's by grabbing a canvas and, and, and trying to find an image that will convey my thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, Tell me something. Uh, some some writers talk about uh, the writer's block. Is there such a thing as a canvas block or something of that sort? Is there a canvas that have cost you that moment of... I think I crave those moments, though they're very rare. Um, I have more of a problem in deciding what it is that I, that I want to work on rather than uh, wondering... Uh, choosing an idea mm -hmm. I, I can think of 20 different images on a given day that i want to pursue but i have to choose one mm -hmm. uh, that's more of an issue for me because uh, my mind works 
constantly. It, it never stops. If I were in school today, they would they would diagnose me with ADD <laughs> because. <laughs> Which do you think that might be a definition of a good artist having that necessity of bringing of, of seeing one thing from the other? I don't know if it's what makes a good artist. Uh, some artists are happy doing the same thing over and over again, uh -huh. and they can find inspiration in just finding a different approach to it. For me, uh, if I've done it once. I'm bored with it, and I have to move on to something totally different. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means exploring uh, a new image, uh, sometimes a new ism of art, whether I'm how I'm going to approach it, which tool mm -hmm. I'm going to pull out of the toolbox. Uh, I lose my train of thought very quickly because my okay. mind is, even now in having an interview with you, my mind goes on to three other things that I want to talk well, that's about. That's perfectly so. okay. That's what makes an art show fantastic. Because, and, and I love being related to artists because it's so refreshing to see that, that, that coming of ideas. Well, if you walked into my studio or into a show, many people comment that they feel like 10 artists are being represented. Mm -hmm. And every piece is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, and... The style that I choose to do to convey a certain idea uh, is really predicated by what I think is going to best uh, convey that idea to the individual. I, I want people to, to understand what I'm saying. I don't want it to be convoluted. I don't want them um, to have to try to figure it out. And I often will sit down before I start a work and create a narrative mm -hmm. about what it is that I want the piece to say. And success in that piece is largely determined by when I finish it, if I achieved what I set out to do. Mm -hmm. And many artists today, uh, especially contemporary art, create a visual image and then create a narrative to try to explain it to the public. I'd rather start out with that. Hmm. Because how else do you judge your work? Well, you know what? I connect with you from a, from a completely different angle, from a business perspective. When you are trying to uh, be clear on the deliveries of something, you have to pause, sit down, think about the outcome you expect, and therefore act accordingly. So... In other words, for this particular angle, you're preaching to the wrong person because I'm so with you. Uh, you, in occasions, you have to let it go. It depends on the situation. When you are particularly focused on something and you intend to really have a specific outcome, you have to deliberately choose the outcome and the steps and the process to get there. And I am very methodical in my approach to work. So, as I said, I start out with a concept. Mm -hmm. But I am a person that, that approaches work uh, with a sketch initially, um, thumbnail sketches and then uh, more detailed sketches. Mm -hmm. And I build up the work from that sketch. I so see. I build layers onto the painting. I'm not a direct painter. That, that first uh, layer of paint is not necessarily going to be seen in the end. Mm -hmm. Many times it's painted over five or six times right. in the layers before mm -hmm. I get to the point that I, that I want to stop. That you really want. Um, 
is there a piece that you particularly love and what is the reason for that? My favorite piece, we were talking about this the other day, and my favorite piece is always the piece that I'm working on at that moment because mm-hmm. I'm so engaged with it. I put everything I have into it. And when I'm done with it, I, I've done everything I can do. I walk away from it and my mind is on the next piece. Mm-hmm. And so my favorite piece is always the one on the easel. Mm-hmm. Uh, to look back, Yes, there are a few pieces that are iconic to me in that um, they can't be replicated. It was a concept or an idea that I can't do again. Um, I shared with you a, a, a piece called Crying Over Spilled Milk. Mm-hmm. It's always been one of my favorites. And to give you a visual of that, um, which is challenging on, on the radio, uh, it was my response to the race riots in LA mm-hmm. years ago. And I wanted to convey a simple thought, and that was black or white, they both bleed red. Mm-hmm. And although I don't normally take this kind of approach to work, um, to, to give you a picture of it, it is uh, two white milk cartons sitting on a curb, and there is a bullet that has pierced both of them. Mm-hmm. One is chocolate milk and one is white milk. And... As it spills out of the bullet holes in the side of the carton, um, the white milk flows over the curb and creates the shape of a body. And Mm -hmm. the chocolate milk does the same on the other side. And yet they're both flowing together. And as they flow over the curb and down the drain, they turn to red. And one of the things that I did starting this piece was... I wanted to show something about diversity. And so instead of choosing a particular color, I actually took the sludge out of the bottom of my turpentine jar, which was a combination of all the colors that I'd used for a few months. Mm -hmm. And I mixed a little bit of pigment into that uh, sludge for the whole painting. And there's something about that piece that just worked. I could never repeat it. The idea... uh, was fresh it was new Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. and and that's always stuck with me that particular piece it's really powerful it is Uh, it it received a a few national awards people seem to connect with it and they can understand it which was the most interesting part. but you have to actually think a little bit you do and it's not like just the image is right there and you don't have to make an interpretation of it you really need to make an interpretation yeah i'm not really about doing pretty pieces. I, I really, the pieces that I most enjoy are those that engage the viewer, um, that bring them in, that, that get them <laughs> to stop and think. You know, we're, we're, we're buried in images today. Everywhere we look, uh, we're, we're just inundated with, with visual images all around us. And there's some, some of those that need to make us stop, and that's what I'm going to do if you allow me right now to re-engage with the audience, just to let them know, uh, just give your thought for a little while. And um, to remind the listeners that you're tuned into News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOB for the Delaware State of the Arts. Our guest today is Alan Tuttle, a Renaissance artist from Sussex County that is sharing with us all that he is as an artist. And, and everything began 
by looking at a website, Wilmington University's website. Uh, he had an exhibition, and the rest is history. We got in contact and thought it important to bring somebody of your stature to share what you think about yourself as an artist and what you share with the community. And, and that brings me to another aspect of your artistry, which is the connection with the community and a fantastic project that I'm going to let you explain how that connection is made. Okay, well, I have long believed that uh, just as human beings, we have to give something back to the world around us. And so charitable endeavors have always been a part of my life. Uh, I love to teach. I, I love to share not just what I do, but how I do it. Mm-hmm. And so I, for 20 years, I worked on projects uh, for the hungry and homeless. And uh, I got tired of, of doing the same thing over and over again. And so I, I came up with a new project. And it's called the Domiciles Project. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted to follow along, go to the domiciles.project.com. Mm-hmm. And what you'll find there is a series of doors. And these are off houses of all styles and ages. And, and on those doors, I have created spills. Now, just imagine taking a, a, a glass of milk and pouring it on the, on the counter. And it would create a spill. And it would be a random shape each time. Well, I do this with gesso, and I pour spills directly onto these doors um, on each side of the door. And within those spills, I paint fragments of life behind the door, as if you're a voyeur looking through the door. So you'd be looking from one room to another or from inside to outside. And these doors are mounted on steel bases, so they're freestanding. You can walk around them. And... Currently, it's a pilot project, and it's in partnership with the Rehoboth Art League uh, because we share an interest in in bringing arts to the schools uh, and making it a part of our education. Um, So I take these doors out and set them up in a gymnasium or a large room, and, and students come down and look at the doors, and I encourage them to look at every aspect of the door, both the layers of paint, the hardware, uh, the paintings within the spills, And then I ask them to write a story. And so they have to imagine who lived there, recreate the characters. Um, And it's gone a little beyond this, because although the project originally was based on writing, a few very bright teachers came to me and asked if they could go in other directions. And so I opened that door, and and I'm so glad that I did, because we went from writing, we had a, a wonderful teacher, a Martha Pfeiffer, down at Cape Hennelton School, uh, and she is a drama teacher. And she got her students engaged in taking and creating a character from within that domicile and writing a monologue and then performing it as that character on stage. And I just, from there on, I just said, there are no limits. However you want to approach this, you can. Mm-hmm. She also took a, 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 her dance team and asked them to interpret some of the stories through dance. Uh, I had another teacher up in, in New York, that uh, Pam Winchester. She had her art students create new hardware for the doors. So they had to look at the theme of the door and what was going on and then recreate hinges based on that theme or door handles or 
so that was a very creative approach. So though I started out with writing, uh, it has grown from there. And the reason, let me step back for a moment, because the reason I started out with a project about writing, I was tired of receiving tweets and texts from my nephews and nieces that were mm-hmm. two and three words that said nothing. <laughs> and, I, and I really longed for those eloquent letters that I used to get from, from older people in my life uh, that would tell a story in a letter, and they would engage me and excite me. And so I thought, why can't I create an art project that would inspire people to do mm-hmm. that? But it, it's grown. It's, it's really fantastic. It is amazing uh, when you take these currently 14 doors, and I continually do more, and you take them out and you place them in front of a group of people. I've never mm-hmm. seen kids so excited. Mm-hmm. And engaged. Yeah. And engaged. Just by, by imagining things, maybe. You get them out of the textbook and, and out of that fixed curriculum that right and, and, and put them in front of visual in front of art. Uh, mm-hmm. For the many people, it is the first time that they have experienced original art mm-hmm. and you know they have the opportunity to interpret it mm-hmm. um, to make inferences about it and conclusions and use their imagination. You right. know, it, rote learning is should be a thing of the past and um, so this is letting them take their own approach, giving them that freedom. And that gives like a different uh, potential outlets for many things, even therapy, if you will, not only connection with the community, but also uh, the capacity of maybe partnering. And, and, and I'm telling you this because by the radio program, we would like to think that you'd be able to connect with those partners that might see the value of this domicile project and, and maybe calling you and connecting with you somehow. So before I forget, because time flies when you're having fun, <laughs> uh, could you please share your uh, contact information so people get in contact with you? Certainly. If you go to the domiciles there is a place on there where you can contact me. My direct email is oldstone, O-L-D-S-T-O-N-E, at northnet.org. So either of those ways, or pick up the phone and, and, and call me. Uh, and just also share your Facebook page, yes. because that, that's a fascinating page that you haven't even mentioned Well, that, that's the, the part of teaching. Uh, I find that you know, a lot of people think that there's great mystery in creating art, and I try to dispel that um, on my Facebook page. Uh, I usually have three easels going in the studio at one time, and I will pick one of those pieces uh, to show the process of creating that painting. So on my Facebook page, you can see the sketch, and then you'll see a picture each day that I work on that piece. So you can see the progress. It takes all of the mystery out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a way that students of art can learn, mm-hmm. um, or even people that just appreciate art, pre- appreciate art they can see mm-hmm. how it's made. You know, I, I've always said that if you do anything a few thousand times, you become pretty good at it. <laughs> Well, I'm not so sure about that, but I'm going to believe that, that it's actually the case. So Facebook, uh, you, you're welcome to connect on there. Uh, just uh, you have to have the correct spelling. Uh, A-L-A-N, middle initial B is in boy, Tuttle, T-U-T-T-L-E. I say that because there are a couple other artists by the name of Alan Tuttle out there. Really? So, yes. Oh, well. Use my middle initial and spell my first name correctly. That is important. <laughs> Something in the pipeline for you. 
Uh, right now, I'm I'm very much focused on on building the domiciles project. Okay. Uh, I I would like to see it in a few more schools in Delaware. Uh, I will go beyond Delaware. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is something that very much excites me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm always working on new projects and, and paintings in the studio. But as a public art project, uh, I think it, it. every day I think about getting out there and sharing that. There you go. Well, thank you very much for your presence today. I think we're running out of time precisely right now. and uh, But uh, perhaps uh, we should be able to talk to you later on and, and making another project specifically for the Domiciles Project uh, sometime soon. Thank you very much. That would be my much. pleasure. Thank you.